Welcome to the Chronically Well podcast, episode 16. I'm Callie Dixon, your host, and this podcast is for those of you with chronic illness or chronic mental health issues or just something that's bringing you down and you want to learn how to live well despite or even because of what you're going through. So today's episode, I am interviewing Kara Lindsay, a photographer based in Portland, Oregon, and she is going to help me launch the first in a series about art and creativity as a means for healing yourself emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Somehow create a photo series that would, where I could show someone's limitations, whether that's mental health or a chronic illness or their race or their religion or their sexuality or their gender, however they feel limited by our society and like the norms of who we're supposed to be and what's the perfect human and all that other stuff that we're held up to this standard. I wanted to make, make something where I could make that a visual aspect. And she had like went to go clean up in the bathroom and then came back like a minute later and was like, Hey, actually, can we do some more pictures? And I was like, okay, yeah, like come back. And she was like, do you mind if I like take my sports bra off? Because it's really cool that like, there's no paint on my chest Mm -hmm. where I have felt really vulnerable, but there's paint everywhere else. I am so excited for all of you to hear more from Kara as we talk today about Portland and photography and creativity and how all of this has been a means for dealing with and coping with and living a beautiful life uh, with chronic illness. So let's hear from Kara. Hello, everyone. I am here with Kara. Hi, Kara. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, everyone, Kara and I met in Portland. Was it March? Yes. I believe, yeah, I believe so. Um, we have a mutual friend, um, Britt Winsett, Celery in the City, and we <laughs> randomly connected and were like, take us to all of the cool places in Portland because we're tired of this writing conference. So yeah, I definitely slid into um, Britt's DM and was like, this is weird, but <laughs> with me instead of going to that. And she was like, okay. And I was like, wait, really? <laughs> you know, and she was like, I, I really think this girl is legit. Like, she seems super cool. She's like, but there is always the possibility that we could be murdered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have thought the same thing. We were fairly relieved to know that we were completely normal. I was trying to, like, you know, act like I didn't know too much that I've, like, know your Instagram so well. It would be so creepy. Like, oh, yeah, I know about that. You posted it four days ago, but... <laughs> we're all like that it's not just you it's just like the world of like that we live in now we all know everything about each other's lives but we just pretend we pretend like we don't all right I didn't see your story about the drink you had the other night like I don't know that (laughs) (laughs) so weird (laughs) well as it turns out um Kara 
is an artist. She's a photographer. And I'm just starting out this um, uh, creativity series. And I was like, who could I talk to about chronic illness and creativity? And then I was like, oh, wait, there's this girl, Kara, that I met in Portland who also has a chronic illness, who's also a creative. Um, and you're pro- and then I looked at your um, website and the projects that you're doing. And I've been seeing like the pictures of the people with the paint all over them. And I've been really curious about that. So we're going to talk about that today. And so, um, yeah, thanks for being, for agreeing to be on the oh, podcast. Thank of course. Thanks for having me. That's so exciting. Um, so um, how long, so we met in Portland. Let's talk about Portland for a minute because I don't, I don't know. I don't like starting every episode with like, what's your chronic illness? <laughs> I mean, it's a normal topic for us, but yeah. right. I know we talk about it all the time, but um, how long have you lived in Portland? Um, how do you think that it's like helped you as a creative, as a photographer? I'm imagining that it's helped and not hindered, but yeah. Those totally. are my Yeah. Um, well, I'm actually one of the few rarity unicorns that are born oh. and raised in Portland. Wow. Nowadays in Portland, it's really hard to find anyone that is like from here, yeah. um, which I mean, it's still cool. It's awesome. But um, yeah, I I love it here. It I, Portland is an easy two hours away from the mountains, the beach, a desert, like everything is pretty close, which is really awesome, especially for someone like me who loves photography. Um, I have so many really cool places that I can like take pictures and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, but the only like, yeah, that's like a huge benefit of living in Portland. The only thing that kind of sucks is we don't have the best weather half more than half of the year. So that kind of hinders things. And also, um, photography is pretty like photographers in Portland is pretty saturated. There's a lot of us. Mm -hmm. a lot of people move here that are like creatives because it's kind of like this new hub for like the creative Mm -hmm. industry which is like really awesome like really awesome but also makes it harder like there's more um competition but I don't I don't really care too much about like competition or whatever I just like to do what I do (laughs) doing your thing you're doing your thing and yeah everybody else is doing their thing and that's good (laughs) yeah we're all different and have our own sets of skills and abilities but yeah yeah and then Portland is awesome for dietary restriction people Mm -hmm. like me because there's so much good food that is Mm -hmm. vegan free nut free egg free whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's yeah of Portland are you vegan um no not technically I eat fish okay you're pest what is that pescatarian or yeah but Pesca vegan maybe because I don't eat dairy or eggs. Okay. Ooh. But I, yeah, I, yeah. Great. But I, I, like, I like fish. <laughs> fish is good. It's a great diet. Yeah. No, that was, I love, Britain. I loved that in Portland it, more so for her. Cause I cheat all the time, but um, there were, and it wasn't just like, here's your like gluten-free and it's like almost as good as the other food. It was like, this is better than any food I've had anywhere. And it's also gluten-free and amazing. It's insane. Even the food trucks, like even the food trucks had stuff. Like I was, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's give a shout. What was that bar that we went to that had bands? Oh, um, the Good Foot. 
the good foot. So there you go. If you're in Portland and you're looking for someone somewhere fun to hang. Yep. Live music every night. Um, so we obviously met because we um, both have chronic illnesses because you followed Brit and we're friends with Brit and um, same. So um, do you mind sharing a little bit about what um, illnesses you have, what things you've dealt with? How has that impacted your life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, that's just such kind of a hard question at the moment because there's still a lot of unknowns with my illnesses. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still in like the discovery phase, I guess, Mm -hmm. of, um, trying to figure them all out perfectly. But, um, I guess I'm like a, like my, the rumors from the doctors, <laughs> like obviously they use the umbrella term with IBS, but that really means there's other things going on um, most of the time. Yeah. Um, but I have IBD, inflammatory bowel disorder, okay. um, PCOS, and they think possibly endometriosis, but okay. we don't quite know. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, how it's how do they diagnose those? Do they actually do like a um, what is it? And not endoscopy. That's up your butt. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Can they look into your uterus or like, how do yeah. they, or they just kind of speculate? And most of the time, like at least here in Portland, um, they kind of, they do like an ultrasound, but it's really hard to tell what's an ultrasound. Um, and then, then they will actually can like go in there and look, but, um, it's hard to find a doctor that would actually do that for you. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, it's a lot of, and it's, I've been dealing with a lot of people saying like, oh, you don't have PCOS because yeah. you don't fit the symptoms because I'm looking at you and you don't have the visible symptoms, but then they take a, like a, an ultrasound and then I go to a new gynecologist like mm-hmm. a year later and she's like, oh, you definitely do. <laughs> like, look at all this. And I'm like, okay, well, sweet. Yeah. I can't trust anyone. No. Can you explain a little bit about what PCOS is for people listening who don't know? Oh, yeah, it's um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So okay. basically, it's little cysts that develop on your ovaries. Um, sometimes they're always there. Sometimes they come and go. Sometimes you have more than others. Um, they can. It some. Uh, it's kind of hard because they don't know if it's hormonal imbalances that like cause it or if it's genetic or what, mm-hmm. um, or both, but, um, it can actually like start to affect like blood sugar levels and insulin levels. And it tends to like, if you have PCOS, you have to get, um, checked often to make sure that you, um, don't become diabetic because that's mm-hmm. a common thing. Really? I didn't know. Yeah, which I'm not. I need to look, do more research in on that to figure out like the connection and how that works. But, um, that was like the first thing that my last gynecologist I went to that was like, Oh, you definitely do by looking at it. I'm going to have you go get your blood test to make sure that you're not like pre-diabetic right now. Um, That's something we should look for. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just causes, um, some, sometimes pain in the middle of your cycle during your cycle. Um, um, if it, if, a if one is really big and it ruptures, it can cause internal damages or sometimes they rupture and you're okay. And you just can start your period basically. Um, or other times you don't know when they're gone. So, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, and a lot of times people, um, it tends to like make you make women have like more facial hair or gain weight and not be able to lose weight. Um, fatigued there's just some like other random side effects that um I don't have too much of but well, there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of symptoms so I can understand why it's like yeah yeah <laughs> it's confusing there's a lot of symptoms with everything <laughs> yeah right it's like well you could have this or you might have everything else <laughs> so yeah especially well, like any you know, illness that like Western medicine isn't like honed in on, you know, no, it's limited there. Well, I hope you get some answers and can figure that out. That's, that's hard. Not, yeah, Yeah, it is, but I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like kind of okay with the unknown with Mm -hmm. my health, at least right now, just because I've kind of been really learning on like what works for me, what doesn't, how to like be super aware of my body. And, um, yeah. So, and yeah, it's, it's really expensive here to find anyone to like, and I'm, I'm young and broke. So (laughs) I'm older and broke. So I get it. Um, Oh man. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's more like, what, what am I doing? That's helping not necessarily. What is this? Yeah. And for me, diet was like the biggest thing, like getting some intolerance mm-hmm. tests done and really learning about my body and about, um, these illnesses in the gut biome and yeah. about, um, the whole, like I, I was, I never had this issue up until, um, two and a half years ago or three years ago, I started getting symptoms out of nowhere, kind of where I was just sick all the time. I didn't know what was going on. And, um, I, I think from talking to some doctors, um, and one that, uh, Britt actually recommended Jess, if you, you know, Jess, I think so. Yeah. She talks to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole, cause I had, um, mono really terrible, um, mm-hmm. my senior year in high school. Um, and so she thinks that's correlated to the, um, Ipsen bar still yeah. being that causes mm-hmm. gut problems after that and can lead to other things. Okay. So aside from, um, chronic illness, um, you also have mentioned that you, um, have struggled with anxiety and depression. Um, anxiety has been a big one for me was significantly worse, um, after I was diagnosed um, you mentioned that you were diagnosed in first grade with anxiety. Was it anxiety, anxiety, depression? Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience? Do you remember? Yeah. Like, do you remember what it was like as a first grader? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of silly. Some people might understand this, some people might not. I don't know. Um, but um my whole thing was I had a quote traumatic experience in the first grade that for me, I mean, for other people, like it wouldn't have been traumatic, but for me, for some reason, it was so embarrassing that it caused all this Mm -hmm. stuff and actually caused a phobia. So I, I ended up in the first grade, I got sick and like threw up in front of everyone in PE Mm -hmm. and the teacher had like yelled at me from across the room, like, don't move. 
and everyone looked and I was just super embarrassed about it. Um, and which I'm like, it's so silly. I don't know why. I wish that like, I don't know. I wish it wasn't like that, but, um, but you're in first grade and that, that is pretty like, that's traumatic. I, I, yeah, I guess yeah I guess so but it caused like this crazy phobia of like vomit so like of with me being sick or with other people being sick I wanted to instant like panic attack had to get out of there kind of thing or like anytime I felt not 100% healthy mm-hmm. um, so then I it was really interesting because I remember the day that like that day that I got sick and I ended up like feeling better and I went back to school like a few days later or whatever and I was fine for like a week and then like the next week I had my like first panic attack at school in the first grade and my mom luckily like kind of luckily um she worked at my elementary school Mm. so um I like went to her and was like I'm sick I don't feel good like I need to go home and so like I wasn't a kid to like make it up make it up so she was like okay like take you home and um and then it became a I was crying every morning before school and like making myself sick before school because I didn't want to go because I was afraid that I would get sick in front of everyone again or Mm. uh, and it turns out like as I've like gotten older I think it was like yes there's a phobia of vomit but I think it's like an underlying like fear of lack of control yeah Um, Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so that's when, um, and it was towards the end of the school year. So then we had all summer to kind of like figure things out. Um, my parents started taking me to the doctors because I didn't want to do anything in the first grade. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was having anxiety attacks and stuff and they, that's when they were like, okay, well, this is this is what we think is happening. Diagnosed me with anxiety and depression from um, like off of, like a stem off of a phobia. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically wanted to put me on anti-anxiety pills in the first grade. Wow. And yeah. And my mom was like, mm, we're going to not do that. And we're going to try therapy, yeah. counseling, um, and some other, other, other techniques maybe that is not a pharmaceutical with a, uh, six-year-old or what however old I was um so which I'm super thankful that they did that um but yeah and so I didn't quite have the like normal childhood that most other people would um that didn't have that so I felt alone often um and was really um sorry um uh, I, yeah, I, did, I, I struggled a lot with feeling like an outsider, um, mm-hmm. but also struggled a lot with, I didn't tell anyone, like I didn't tell my friends, nobody knew that this was something I was dealing with, um, besides like my parents and then adults, like teachers, because sometimes I would have to like leave the classroom because I was like freaking out or whatever. I had to have like a little, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like maybe like in a, like a, a safe room or safe mm-hmm. um, escape thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I went to counseling and therapy a lot growing up and kind of went through different techniques, like 
Um, I had to do exposure therapy in the fifth grade, which didn't really work for me. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then I ended up taking like a break off of therapy and um, just kind of, I became a super high functioning, like a person with anxiety and kind of did so much so that I wouldn't have time to like think about anything because Mm -hmm. I was yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want to, I didn't want to face any of the stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. And then I didn't go to a therapist or really talk about any of it until, um, 2016 or uh, 15, I started going to therapy again, um, because I got off birth control and I hit a super crazy low um, and it made me like really suicidal and I was scared and wanted to, you know, see a therapist again and which was really good. And I've been seeing a therapist ever since um, and have made progress and I've, I can open up and talk about it now, yeah. um, but it's still is something that like is a constant thing that I think about and deal with and yeah work on and stuff um it's it's definitely hard because I don't know myself without it I don't remember myself without it it's a part of my identity which is another thing that I've like struggled with Mm -hmm. um and just coming to realize with like my newest latest therapist is she's like yeah there's probably a part of you that like doesn't want to get fully better or like want this to leave because you don't know yourself without it right like huge unknown because yeah yeah, I do the whole self-sabotage thing when I'm like super anxious or Mm -hmm. depressed sometimes I do all the things that that doesn't help me when I know I have a list of things that help me to cope or whatever but um so yeah that's like I think that's makes it like pretty hard and difficult because it is yeah true that I have never I don't remember myself without it. Yeah. It's like a whole self-discovery. Like if I have to, then who am I? Exactly. And then I also have like this weird thing that like, okay, well, if I don't have these struggles, am I going to be as creative? Mm. I don't know. Like, Mm. and I'm thankful that I had them because I feel like I'm more understanding and, um, or will it give you space for more? That too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess I will always have that experience, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's it's an ongoing thing that I work with and work on. And it's I think it's really awesome where we're at as a society right now with how much more it's accepted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, like when I was growing, even when I was growing up, I'm 23. it still was like kind of shunned and huge stigma behind it. And there's a lot of people that didn't understand, whereas now a lot more people are willing and open and want to talk about it because it does help. And it, it there's like no bad effect of talking about it, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think for some people it's like, oh yeah, I had anxiety, but I'm over it. But I feel like for most people, like if you struggle with anxiety and depression, it's, it's just like a chronic illness where you, you have to consistently work at it. You have to Mm -hmm. 
definitely have coping mechanisms. And just when you think that you're like, oh, I've got this, then it's like, it's back and you have to again and so yeah yeah you can have relapses in with anxiety like mental health just like you can with battling Mm -hmm. an addiction Mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah it's hard I'm sorry you've had to struggle with that since you were in first grade but it sounds like you've really really done a lot of work so I commend you for that (laughs) thank you I'm I'm trying I'm working hard on it right now (laughs) we can do that's all we can do every day Um, you talk about, uh, using your photography Mm -hmm. and, um, this current project, remind me of the name of it, the visible limitations, visible limitations project, um, where you want to create a safe place for people to be vulnerable. Um, how did you do that? Why did you do that? What's the story behind the project? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah, I created visible limitations. It was a concept in my head for like two years before I actually like acted on it. Um, because I, since I have such a close relationship with like mental health and also hiding who I, who a huge part of who I am with everyone for so long. Um, I know that like that's a common thing and um, I wanted to somehow create a photo series that would where I could show someone's limitations whether that's mental health or a chronic illness or their race or their religion or their sexuality or their gender however they feel limited by our society and like the norms of who we're supposed to be and what's the perfect human and all that other stuff that were held up to this standard. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to make, make something where I could make that a visual aspect, because if I, if I looked at you on the street, I would not know that you have anxiety. I would not know you have a chronic illness. I would not know anything. You know, I would just look at you and be like, Oh, pretty blonde, babe. Cool. (laughs) Like keep walking, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think, and that was like the hardest part too with me is um, since I was a high functioning person that dealt with mental health, um, I think it was even harder for people to like, believe me in a sense that like this was a struggle. Um, And like, even now I'm like smiling and talking about it. Um, But like, and I think that's a lot of people like no one we're we're kind of shunned to be vulnerable in our society like it sh- means weakness when I definitely disagree and I think it shows bravery and strength when people are vulnerable and then things that are really beautiful come out of it um so yeah I worked really hard on trying to create a space where people could come in and instantly like the energy is going to feel really welcoming. Um, and the space is going to be private. Um, and there's going to be music to break the ice a little bit. And then, um, basically when someone walked in, you know, greet them, give them a big hug and thank them for being there. Um, make sure that they filled out their waiver. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would, I would be vulnerable first and kind of go into 
um, why I want why I started this project and what it means and what the paint means and basically just be like hello um uh, <laughs> okay not like that that sounds <laughs> Um, but I would give them um, a little, give the um, subject, basically, I'd say like, um, in our society, we are faced with so many norms and so many limits. And whether that's mental health, chronic illness, your race, your gender, your sexuality, your religion, like anything um, that you feel limited by, I want you to take this paint and make, make me see how it, how it affects your body. Mm -hmm. So like for me, and then I would talk about like, I have chronic illness and I have, um, have had, I've struggled with mental health since the first grade. And I would probably use yellow because I was always trying to put on this brave, happy face so that people Mm -hmm. didn't know. And, and it would affect my head and it affects my heart and it affects my stomach. And, um, And then I would basically tell them that during this process, you don't have to talk if you don't want to, but if you want to talk about what you're doing while you're doing it, you're more than welcome. But if you want to just do this in silence, that's totally okay. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. And also this is your story and how you ever, however you want to tell it, you have the freedom to do that. You also have the freedom to tell me when you're finished and when your story is complete. So like whenever you're ready, I'm just going to start taking pictures and you just let me know when your story is complete. And then um, basically go go from that. And some some of the sessions would be a minute. Some of them are five minutes, just kind of depending on the person. And then it, they all mostly all of them ended in like tears and hugs. And I love that. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, it was yeah, it was really, it's a really rewarding thing to do and also like humbling in a huge way. Cause I had no idea if it would work right, um, or if it would like come across as anything other than just a person with paint on their body, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think it's really hard to capture genuine emotion in photography. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember the first I did the first series two years ago and the first person that um, was on the list for the morning was a good, fr- uh, a good friend of mine, but I had only met them once. So we okay. just known each other well through Instagram mm-hmm. and um, they just totally trusted me with the whole process. And um, we both ended in tears and like tears because I watched them just tell me their stories. So like, beautifully but also like tears that I'm like okay this works this 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 is what I this is this is my idea this is it finally happened like this is what I wanted you created a medium that brought the invisible visible yeah that's kind of yeah that's my goal (laughs) and just get people talking yeah about different things and different struggles and just the whole saying, like, don't judge a book by its cover, like really yeah, on that, because I think we're really hard on each other, like, yeah. because it's what we're, you know, taught and I don't like it. It's funny because I don't think there's a single person that you meet that 
couldn't put some paint on them, you know, like, mm-hmm. no. Like, and that's, yeah, that's why it's, yeah. it's, I was, I was really, it was, I was really nervous to like reach out to people the first time. Cause the first time I ha- I had to reach out to everyone and ask if they kind of gave them the whole lowdown. And, um, I asked really pe- like big people that I know that have been vulnerable, like on social media before about things. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, like, I hope they'll say yes. And, um, I'll, they all said yes and did it. And then my second time, I didn't have to ask anyone. Um, or I asked like for round two, who would be interested in, I didn't have to like seek people. They wanted to come do it, which was like really, really beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Your pictures. Oh man, they're moving. Like just to see and there, you can see the tears in some of them and just, were there any, um, that kind of stuck out to you, any of their stories? Um, and anyone that had more of like a therapeutic response or anything that's, I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. There's a few. Um, yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, from the first session, Chad, um, the first session was a little bit further down in my Instagram feed, but, um, Chad, he came in and I had told him, you know, gave him the lowdown like everybody else, um, and he had came in and he was like, I hope you're okay with this, but I brought duct tape. Can I use it during my, during my session? And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say no, like this right. is your thing, but I'm like, what are you going to use duct tape? Where are you going with that? Yeah. And so, um, he starts painting uh, he starts and he puts uh, duct tape over his mouth and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay interesting taking pictures I'm like okay I like what's happening Mm. and he starts painting on his chest a rainbow Mm. because Chad is gay and his family is unaccepting of it Mm. and um or has a harder time accepting it and he has felt that he couldn't be his full self for for a really long time Mm. so as he when he's finished painting his chest the rainbow he then rips off the duct tape and just opens his arms and just starts sobbing Mm. and Oh my God. It was, I'm going to like start. Tearing up. <laughs> it was uh, like, I just started bawling. I could barely take pictures because I was like mm. crying. He was crying and, um, Oh, it was such a, like a, a beautiful thing. I just was so like excited that he came in with his own ideas and he had really thought this out how he wanted it to go. And instead of like, cause there was, there's a handful of people that come in and just like, are like, I'm just doing it, you know, um, where there's like a select few that like, you know, have really thought it through. And so that was like really, really cool. I do obviously love the people that don't think it through because it's just very like in the moment you just do what feels right. Um, but yeah, that was like super, super beautiful. And then, um, from the most recent one, the first post that I post her, um, Shay, she, was the red that had the tears in her eyes. Um, hers was a really cool experience because I had only met her once, like three or four years ago. Um, and we had just like followed each other on Instagram. And I, I, I did reach out to her for this, for this. Um, and I was like, Hey, or she had said like, I'd love to model for you some, for um, some time. And I was like, actually I have this shoot coming up. Would you be interested in this? And she was like, okay. But she was really hesitant and told me that she's like, I don't like to be vulnerable and I don't like to open up about stuff. And I don't know 
I don't know how this is going to go. And she came in and she was super nervous Mm -hmm. and, um, kind of like guarded a little bit. Um, and we talked and she kind of told me what color she wanted to do and kind of what that was meaning to her. And then as she started, she just slowly was opening up more and more and more as it went on. And, um, continued to tell me more about like being sexually assaulted and how that affected her and that, um, and her confidence and her value of herself and all this really emotional things. And she started to cry as well. And then, um, after her session, we gave a big hug and it's really beautiful. These sessions, like every time I feel super connected to the person and I'm just like, let's be best friends. Like it's crazy. Um, and she had like, went to go clean up in the bathroom and then came back like a minute later and was like, Hey, actually, can we do some more pictures? And I was like, okay, yeah. Like come back. And she was like, do you mind if I like take my sports bra off? Because it's really cool that like, there's no paint on my chest Mm -hmm. where I have felt really vulnerable, but there's paint everywhere else. And I was like, yeah, like, that's really cool. And she posed and she had forgotten as well. She had a tattoo on her um, ribs right here that said, still I rise. And it was like really cool. I didn't notice until afterwards um, that tattoo. And I was like, how more perfect is that? (laughs) And then then she um, messaged me afterwards because I had everyone fill out surveys after the experience that I'd share like parts of it quotes Mm -hmm. with the photos. Um, she had messaged me and was like, um, yeah, my survey was cool and all, but I don't think it actually, like I said what I needed to say. Um, she had left and like, didn't fully wash off all of her paint and, um, had went to a coffee shop before heading to like the gym to take a shower. And the barista was like, what, what happened here? Like what's Mm -hmm. going on? And he, she had told him kind of like what it was and he was like, so what you're saying is you are art. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And like messaged me and was just like talking about how that she is art and that her struggles are beautiful and that all of our struggles are beautiful in their own way and that we all are art. And that was a huge thing for Mm -hmm. me too, that I was like really touching and I cried reading it and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I think that's a huge goal of mine too with this project is to pe- for people to see something as something they think is so ugly and awful about themselves and then to see them look beautiful with it all over their body. You know, I think it's kind of a, I don't know. A, a, I love it. A, a thing. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, it's like, you're creating the opportunity for these pivotal moments too, because like anywhere you read about healing and therapy and just about releasing things and it's like, create a moment, like do something, like do Mm -hmm. something to release that. And whether they were planning on doing something or it just kind of happened, that's, I love that. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Um, let's talk about you a little bit. How has your art been therapeutic for you? Oh, in so many ways. Um, I think especially with this project too, um, like 
I still, I still struggle with feeling alone. You know, I think we all do that struggle with mental illness. Like we do know that other people have it, but like when you're in that dark place, the last thing you want to do really is like talk to anyone because like you don't think they're going to understand or get it. Or for me, I really struggle with feeling like a burden. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like a huge thing. So I don't like to, you know, go to people with that. And let's talk about that a minute, the burden. Um, Yeah. How so? Like, how, have you had, cause I know I've had experiences where I definitely, it wasn't received well. Mm-hmm. And so like, what would have been some of your experiences with, with that? Um, I think mine comes really at an early age, like right. the, um, things I took personal as a child of, um, my, my parents, like seeing how much me being upset affected them and how they didn't know what to do. And, um, my mom still to this day says like, Oh, it hurts me to see you like this. It pains me to see you. Like, I hate that you won't take medication, like Mm -hmm. all this stuff that it's like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so that's like, yeah. Uh, I think that's where most of mine kind of comes from. Um, and then also just like um, embarrassment mm. of like, I don't want to be the one person that's like not stoked about whatever we're doing or have to leave early or mm-hmm. have to make special accommodations because of it. And yeah. Yeah. And now with like my chronic illness, it's like, I feel very high maintenance all the time, (laughs) which, you know, you get it. And like, that's why I'm like, okay, if it's not a friend that's vegan or (laughs) like, um, that like is really picky eater, I don't want to go out to eat with them because I can't eat what they want to eat and they won't want to eat what I can eat. So (laughs) it's like, I'm that's a burden. No, (laughs) I get it. I get it. When Britt and I go out together, it's like, it's perfect. Yeah, it's fine. But then like, we, there's like one thing that both of us can eat. <laughs> See, like, so just, yeah. But yeah. I, At least like, you know, she understands 100%. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest thing I've been like trying to learn and remember is that like, with the people that I'm close to and that I love, and when they have times of whatever, Mm-hmm. And they might be feeling like they're being the burden. I never like think of them as that, you know, right. like I enjoy taking care of people and like it makes in a weird way, it makes me feel better that I'm not the only one, you know, like, and yeah, I, yeah, I think we lay a lot of that on ourselves too. I think there are times when it's communicated to us, you know, that, that we're a burden, but you feel that, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think there's also like that, um, even inconveniencing the waitress. Oh (laughs) yeah. Huge. Yeah. Like uh, apologizing. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, Mm -hmm. or if they do the, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm going to leave. I'm going to (laughs) leave. I'm sure in Portland too, there's like some of it's by need, some of it's by choice, you know, like a little bit too. So there's probably an annoyance oh, yeah. there because it's just kind of hip to do some, mm-hmm. to eat a certain way, yeah. you know, but yeah, that is. Um, 
So I took you off of your, you were talking about how art has been therapeutic and how the burden has been for you and how your art has helped with that. So let's go back to that. I'll bring you back there. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, again, just the constant like feeling alone and stuff. Um, I think the, especially with the Visible Limitation series, um, it has given me an opportunity to make super, super deep connections with people that I might have never even met or people that I do have met, like our friends or whatever, but um, now at a different level of like, just like, connection um emotional connection to each other um and feeling like I am maybe possibly someone that like they feel comfortable to go to um in a time that they need it that's like super therapeutic to me um and then also just knowing that like yeah I'm really I'm not I'm not alone and there's people my age there's people double my age there's people like younger than me like every all of us we have our own stories and struggles and that we shouldn't be ashamed of ashamed of them mm-hmm. and then they also can like make something beautiful that's out of something awful you know that's the beauty of it too I think is like we're we have trouble with vulnerability because we're afraid of what happens on the other end and oh yeah it's like that fear of rejection and that fear of being alone but when you actually when you make that visible and you make it something people can talk about, it opens up the opportunity for you to connect. That's mm-hmm. totally. And like all, all artists are, are extremely vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. any painter that releases a painting, that's a like that painting is a vulnerable piece of them. And like, so yeah, I don't know as long. Yeah. I think as long as I can create stuff and make connections with people it's going to make me feel better you know I love that (laughs) um how about for people listening that have a chronic illness or mental health issues how can they sort of connect to their own artist like I know some people think like okay I have to be a painter or I have to be trained this way but like how can anyone be how is anyone capable of being creative how Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, every, like, everything that you see with your eyeball is art, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in its own way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you can be creative person with technology and like build computers or apps or video games or whatever, or you can be a digital creative artist that makes art digitally or painter, whatever, like writer, um, dancer, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like as long as you have an imagination, you can be creative, I think. And we all have brains and we all have imaginations. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, sorry, what was the question? No, you, you just, you totally answered it. (laughs) (laughs) How, how you can be creative. I think, yeah. Getting in tune with yourself and allowing yourself to be fearless and run with ideas or try new things. Yeah. I think it's that vulnerability piece too. And that connection, like seeing something and 
not being afraid to share what it is that you see that is beautiful and putting it out there and Mm -hmm. whether Mm -hmm. or not someone else connects with you on that doesn't really matter. You're just, you're putting it out there to connect, to say, I see that you see this. Yeah. Yeah. And we all see things differently. So Mm -hmm. share how you see it because I bet you it's beautiful and different, Mm -hmm. or maybe someone else shares the same thing and there's a connection there. Right. Like, cause there's no way I would see a new transmission (laughs) as something beautiful, but I'm sure there are some people who do. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Why do you think, because this is, this is what sparked the whole creative creativity series for me. Um, And I'm probably going to do like a whole episode on this, but like they've found that, you know, acts of um, like writing and dancing and all the things that you mentioned um, are healing and promote healing in our bodies, not just emotionally, but physically. Why do you think that is? And that's a big question, but, and it does, you don't have to have like the encyclopedia answer, but like for you personally, why do you think it's healing? I, I'm pretty sure it releases serotonin, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to try to be no, scientific and smart right now, um, which I'm, I'm, I was not even expecting like <laughs> answer, but I love it. Um, but I actually danced. That's was my first, like, really? Yeah. I danced. Uh, I, I, my parents, my mom put me in like ballet as a little young baby. And then, um, I did high school dance all throughout high school. And that's kind of like, how I got through high school was from dance team and being able to go and escape and just like move and put my put all my bottled up emotions and stuff into what I was doing Mm -hmm. um I think it just it it helps people practice expression and I think expression is extremely healing Mm -hmm. because yeah you I don't think we express enough. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we have a lot of our anxieties is because it's, it's things in our head that we're afraid of, but we don't aren't talking about them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and once I talk about what I'm anxious about, even how ridiculous it is, I end up feeling better. Right. Like, yeah. So it's like any form of expression and awareness, I think helps. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think once you do, like I have a group of friends we've never met in person, but we talk um, just through Facebook Messenger and we, and we all have interstitial cystitis. And I think like the first time I admitted, I was like, you know, I, I had suicidal thoughts when I was like really depressed and um, really bad physically. And they were like, oh yeah, me too. Like every single one of them was like, yeah, me too. And well, yeah, it's hard to like picture yourself living your like whole life with mm-hmm. what we're living with, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's not that the ex- ideal. yeah, no. Yeah. That expression, I, that was me yeah. like, just being able to express however you do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for me too, like big time with like suicidal thoughts, I always don't want to express them because I feel like if I do, it makes it more real. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or something yeah or or that people instantly like freak out about it you know and which I mean it's good that people are concerned but right um 
but the more you keep that to yourself, the further you fall into that hole. And then just knowing that like, yeah, other people, same thing, you know, think about it too. Yeah. Makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. Getting it off your chest. Not alone. Not alone. Yeah. Never alone. Mm -mm. Um, okay. We're going to switch gears here a little bit. Um, I want to talk about photography a little bit. If someone is interested, that's listening to this and is like, yeah, yeah, I want to start doing that. I want to, what she's, that project she's doing is super inspiring. I want to do something like that. How do you, what do you recommend? Like how, what's a good way to kind of begin photography, which camera Uh, software, any schools, what is your yeah, um, I didn't go to school for it. Um, I stole my mom's camera <laughs> my sophomore year of high school and was like, Mom, I'm borrowing this. She had bought it for my dance team to take pictures of me dancing. And um, then I continued to just keep borrowing it. And like, I started off with just like going hiking and taking pictures of nature, mm-hmm. um, which is a really good way to start because you don't have to worry about a subject. And yeah. Um, you can kind of, you don't have to, I don't know, you don't feel as judged or you don't have to like make something look really great because for someone else, because no one else is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started with that and I kind of just like messed around. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, just played with things. And then I bought, um, and I think with cameras, I think you can start with anything you really want. I don't, I believe that like, you can get really beautiful pictures and it doesn't matter how expensive your gear is. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it matters how much you know about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say start off basic and small. Don't go out and spend a lot of money because you might not like it, you know? Yeah. Um, but any, I use Canon products um, just because that's what I started on um, and I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a couple film cameras that are not Canon that are fun and new and fun to learn. Um, but I think, yeah, YouTube is huge. There's tons of tutorials on there. Um, following your favorite artists on Instagram and sometimes people give tips and listen to those and, um, or, or invest in, um, like master classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have bought a couple, um, one of my like favorite photographer, um, that's in Portland. Um, she is incredible. Her name is Kate Woodman. I would recommend anyone looking at her stuff. She tells stories with all of her pictures. Um, they're incredible. Um, but she did this really cool, um, online class talking about color theory, which was like really interesting and great and something I wanted to learn about. And I just think um, giving yourself time and patience and being gentle on yourself because it's hard and it's learning something new, mm-hmm. um, but giving yourself time to do it. I still struggle with that. <laughs> like I don't give myself enough time. I still don't, I honestly still feel like I'm a noob and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pretend. So <laughs> um, you're pretending yeah, very I, well. You've got me um, fooled. <laughs> um, I use all, I use Adobe um, software um okay. Lightroom for editing um Photoshop if you really need to do some crazy stuff but I like mm-hmm. to keep people pretty natural so I don't do too much anything yeah. uh, That's but awesome. yeah and I and then I use um Apple laptops yeah. for, that's yeah but if people have questions or need yeah. answers or anything they can always reach out we'll get your um at the end I'm going to get all your info so you can reach out to Kara okay 
Um, anything else that we haven't hit on that you'd really want someone listening to know that I've failed to ask? <laughs> no, I think biggest thing is if you have an idea in your head of something that you want to do or something that you feel passionately about, um, this is your sign right now to do it. Ooh. So please <gasps> We're do speaking it. to you. We're speaking yeah. to you right now. Speaking to you. And also if you're a creative um, and a ret, I also, if you haven't read this, um, Callie, you should. Um, uh, the War on Art mm. it is an incredible book. Um, uh, I would also recommend if you're not a huge reader, getting the Audible book mm. of it. It's I read it while I listened um, and he adds some other stuff in it, which is really great. Um, But it's for any entrepreneur, creative person. Um, Who's the author on that? um, It's Stephen something. I, yeah, I don't have, I can text it to you or something. I don't Stephen Pressfield, is that right? I think that's right. Yeah. I've heard Um, this book before. I've been meaning to. It's really short and sweet, but it's a kick in the butt. Um, yeah, Stephen Pressfield, you're right. Um, um, read it. Okay. <laughs> it's it's incredible, and um, it gives you a lot of insight of like our mannerisms and what why we do the things we do um, when it comes to creativity and sweet. ideas and procrastinating and not doing it. Mm-hmm. All so. the things, all the things we do. Cool. Okay, so read Warren Art, Stephen Pressfield. Mm-hmm. This is your sign. The universe is speaking to you. Yes, do, <laughs> do what makes you happy. Just do, do it. it, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, right? Yes, do it. Yeah. Do it. Okay, so we're going to end our interview with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, which I have a history of making them not so rapid fire, but I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> but this one should be easy. Favorite color? Oh, but maybe not for you. I don't know. Yeah, that's not really, but probably yellow. Yellow, <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. Um, first crush. Benny the Jet Rodriguez from Benny, Salem. Benny and the Jets. Awesome yeah. first crush. Or that. or Leonardo DiCaprio. I watched Titanic mm-hmm. all so many times. Who didn't? Who I didn't? Was too young, and I was like, How old were you? You were really young when I was really young. I think I, I saw it. I, Girl, I saw it in the theater. Like, oh, that's incredible! Three times. I, I would, I would like secretly run down and grab <laughs> the VHS, which it was two back then because it was so long. Sure. Yeah. Bring it up to my room and put it in and watch it. Amazing. I, loved it. I, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to be Rose and I wanted to love Jack. So. Yeah, I wanted to be painted naked by Jack. <laughs> I also wanted her outfits. I that's loved cool. them all. I know. I thought they were the coolest thing. Damn you, Rose. Um. <laughs> you had you had it so good. Okay, best restaurant in Portland. No, this is so hard. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so someone's coming to visit. They have an evening. Where would you suggest they go? What a handful. It doesn't have to be one. Okay. Um, I think. Um, for me, I would say because I think it's really hard to find really, really great, good gluten-free vegan pizza. Yeah. 
Um, Virtuous Pie on the Southeast Division is delicious, and they make like individual pies. Mm-hmm. Best gluten-free crust there is, um, and it's also in a fun area to like walk around. Mm-hmm. So I would say that because I love pizza. Um, I eat it like once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so good. Um, or I would say um, there's a hole in the wall by my house. That's the best Thai food I've ever had in my life. They're super accommodating for me that needs gluten-free and no egg and no um so uh, it's called chai thai it's delicious um yeah and it's family owned and operated they're super sweet um then you would go to dessert at um back to eden i love and they have a huge array of sundaes milkshakes Mm. uh, brownies cookies cake pies all gluten-free all vegan I'm so hungry (laughs) I know (laughs) um super delicious or um about coffee what's what are your favorite oh okay I'm biased because I work in coffee um but anyone listening that comes to Portland come to never coffee on 42nd Belmont okay Um, that's where I work um seriously straight up best coffee there I didn't know that. I didn't work there when you guys were there. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I I think I went to every other coffee shop there, but I didn't make it to never. So yeah, you have to come in. It's really cute and fun, and we roast our own coffee. It's delicious, and um, have really awesome different um, specialty lattes that people really love, and really nice people that work there. Um, other really good coffee shop. Um. See, I really only go there nowadays. Who, where did I used to go? Um, there's a place, it's a hole in the wall, but also very good. Um, it's kind of an underrated coffee shop called Half Pint. Um, that is also really delicious to check out in a cool elevator shaft, but it's not an elevator anymore. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, really neat. Wow. But, okay, yeah. well, I guess I have to come back to Portland now. Yes, please. Stay with me anytime. Okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I know the answer to this one now. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Yeah. I love tea, though. I still I drink tea all the time. But I do, too. I I've tea. tried to quit coffee so many times, and I can't do it. I didn't drink it for a year and a half because of my bladder. And now it's like it's like when you keep somebody from something, and so then they want it all the more, you know, scarcity. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Now it's like I can't get enough coffee ever. Yeah. Okay, um, well, you have access to both of these. Which one would you choose, mountains or beach? this is also so hard um I think just because um where I am to get to like a crazy mountain range where like you could stand and you're just surrounded by mountains yeah um that's pretty far um because yeah we have like Mount Hood and St. Helens where I can stay at all times but we don't we're not like I don't know like right there yeah yeah not right there um so but I do really enjoy a nice walk in like a lush forest, but the beach is always extremely healing. Like anytime I need to cleanse my soul, I go to the beach and just watching the waves, you know, they're so symbolic. Mm-hmm. So I had a friend who just posted a quote from somebody that said, um, anything, I, oh, something about salt and healing. Like the best ways to heal are through salt. And then it was like the ocean, tears, sweat. 
the quote was put a lot better than I just butchered it into. But that is true. Right? I know. I know. Um, Okay. So next one. (laughs) This is the weirdest question I've ever asked anyone. And I have no idea how I came up with it. But okay. I love weird. Okay, good. Um, Die immediately after having sex with Ryan Reynolds. Or, and this is of course like, you're not cheating on anyone. We're not hurting anyone. Okay, just throwing that out there. Or live forever, only able to have sex with Danny DeVito. <laughs> also, I had a look of Danny DeVito. So <laughs> I'm so much older than you. <laughs> but, but I like knew the name, but I was like, What's, what does it look like again? Like, oh, the Friends episode with Danny DeVito. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, okay. How old am I? Is this like what, what happening right now? Now, like now, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is very beautiful. Yeah, um, but hey, Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito is old. He might be very experienced. He could be a really good lover, and you could live for a very long time. So, but also like this is really popular in Portland. I'm not super into it, but if I had to only have sex with Danny DeVito, I probably would be into it polyamory so right. well I probably would live and have sex with Danny DeVito and really strong conversation with Danny about polyamory like yeah. Danny we're, we're cool with this right <laughs> I think Danny would be down I'm I think so too <laughs> all right. he probably wouldn't be able to you know go all the time so right eventually he's gonna hit his limit so yeah um, and I'd outlive Danny too as well hopefully. right that's true, especially if you lived forever. Yeah. Um, okay. You have not, well, now we're, we're switching. We're not living forever okay. immediately, but you have five minutes to live. You're not having sex with Ryan. <laughs> what do you do? What do you say? Who do you call? I was thinking about this question and man, it's hard. I think I would, I'd get on the good old, um, iPhone and have the multiple calls happening so I can get the most done at once because I only have five minutes yeah. and I'd call my boyfriend and my parents and my brother and um, just tell them I love them and thank them for everything and then um, I'd probably turn on some Lizzo and dance my heart out until I died. I love it. <laughs> Go out with a bang or something. Yes. I love it. It's a great way to go. (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) we're all done with the interview. Kara, thank you so much. Thank you. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. It was a beautiful, lovely interview. Thank you. I can't wait. can't wait for everyone to hear it. If you guys want to um, know more from Kara, which I know you do, how can they find you? Where's your your hub? Where do they go? Oh, please just... um, my Instagram is at Kara Lindsay Photography. Um, it's C-A-R-A-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y and then photography. Um, <laughs> yeah, slide into the DMs, say hi, and let me know that you came from here from this podcast and let's be friends. And um, and then from my uh, Instagram, there's a link on my website, which has like a blog post of visible limitations. If you want to go look at those photos and read the stories of the people involved, um, they are there. Yeah, and that, those are great stories. Um, I'll put your, I'll put all of that in the show notes too. So if you want to just get a quick link over there, you can find Kara easily. So 
Thank you, Kara. Thank you. I'm going to let you go um, dance, dance your heart out, but don't die. Okay. Okay. I will try. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening today, friend. If you are curious about anything that we discussed on the episode today, I have put a number of links in the show notes, including ways for you to keep up with Kara. Additionally, if you enjoyed what you listened to today, there are other episodes you can listen to and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a future episode. And uh, go ahead and share this with your friends and family because... um, I want people to know that it's possible to live well, even if and usually because you have a chronic illness or something that you are dealing with. And um, I think it's going to get real fun over here as we talk about this creativity series. So thanks for being here. Go ahead, subscribe, share, and mostly just continue to live your life well.